Hi, Jim here. Thanks for listening to this past episode of the Ski Podcast. Since releasing this podcast, we have a new supporter of the show. The Ski Podcast is now supported by Switzerland Tourism. They will be helping us explore some of the 355 ski destinations across the country, from famous names of Samaritz, Lax, Davos and Zermatt, to the lesser-known resorts that cover their mountainous land. We will be reporting on them and telling interesting stories about the people who live and work there. In total, there are 7,067 kilometres of slopes to ski and 1,800 lifts to ride and at least 80 of them are funiculars, which is good because I do love a good funicular. Well, there's a lot to do, so while we get on with that, you can get on with listening to this episode of the Ski Podcast. Thanks, listener, and thanks, Switzerland Tourism. Also, as you're listening to one of our early podcasts, may I suggest you skip to at least episode 12, where I guarantee it gets much better. You are listening to the Knowledge is Powder podcast, the only podcast for skiers and snowboarders that we know of. Um, I'm Jim Duncan, and in honour of the ski season getting truly underway, I'm presenting this show in full ski wear. Uh, my co-host Ian Martin is doing similar, but in a Norwegian way, naked and in a sauna. Well, actually, yeah. if I just check the web, the web feed, you're just naked at home, aren't you, Ian? That's right, and I'm beating myself with birch sticks as well. Very nice, um, really in the theme. And this week our guest is Steve Angus, and he's coming live from Val d'Isere, where he lives and works as a ski instructor. Steve, welcome to the show. Good morning, how are you doing, everybody? Um, Ian, have you been skiing since we last spoke? No, but five more days, I'm counting them down. I bet you will, mine, mine is coming soon. Uh, Steve, have you uh, have you been skiing? Yeah, absolutely. I'll be skiing with my, uh, my young daughter this afternoon as well, and I'm, I'm looking out the window to see... Uh, um, a plethora of skiers and snowboarders on the mountain uh, now here in Valdezere. Are you regretting agreeing to do this today? It's um, it's a pretty good day up there at the moment, isn't it? It, it, it certainly is, but uh, the temperatures they are about minus fifteen at the moment. I, I'll, I'll wait until the sun has a bit of an effect this afternoon. I think. Sensible man. Um, coming up today's show, Ian will be talking to Pippa Middleton. We'll be discussing developments in Russia. But don't worry, it's not all news night. Steve will be chatting to us about Val d'Isere uh, and being a ski instructor. And we use our usual product review, snow report and Korean corner. Um, before the news, um, Ian wanted to address our wonderful reviewers on iTunes, I believe. Yeah, that's right. We, we do ask you to review us on iTunes if you can, because it helps other people find us. And I'm delighted to see that a few people have reviewed us. So I thought I'd just read a couple of them out. One of them uh, on iTunes is a five-star review from someone called Paul Nuttall. And so this Paul, is Newsnight. <laughs> this is Newsnight. And Paul Nuttall says, I just came across it and thought I'd have a listen. I really enjoy the topics discussed and great presenters. Did you hear that? That's, a, that's us. That's us. <laughs> yeah, that's us. There's another one as well. Uh, this is by Marky. And then in brackets, it says, get some nuts. So don't really know how that links in. Uh, he says five stars uh, and he calls us great podcasts for the ski and snowboard enthusiasts. And then uh, just underneath, he says, really enjoying the podcast, especially the one with Jamie Barrow. Keep up the good work. So I would like to say thank you to Marky and Paul and I'll, I'll pay you when I see you later. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. I do you think it is the Paul Nuttall because I know he's a big ski fan. In fact, on his website, he claims to be the first person to win a, an Olympic gold medal for um, downhill skiing. <laughs> it could be it could be it could be the Paul Nuttall okay um, let's get on with the news 
Ski Sunday is back for its 40th series, making it one of the BBC's longest-running programmes. Uh, Graham, Bell and Edley will be back to present coverage of downhill World Cup races throughout the season. The first show will go out on Sunday at quarter past five. The show was originally part of a grandstand on the BBC, and in 2009 it was revamped in an attempt to appeal to the country vile Top Gear crossover audience. <laughs> um, seriously, put it into a Venn diagram, it's all there. Um, since the programme has see, um, uh, started and relaunched, it uh, has seen various attempts to make uh, represent... Uh, to, uh, I can't even speak today. Maybe I did have a more points than I thought I did. Um, since then, the programme has seen various attempts to make uh, skiing and snowboarding representative, um, but not really managing to do that quite well and always being stuck within the Alpine World Cup scene. What exists now, in my opinion, is a, a mildly unsatisfying programme. Um, Ian, I know you're a friend of Mr Bell, and um, it's not unheard of you to turn up and do some hoovering in his house while asking him questions. Um, do you, are you going to tune in to um, Ski Sunday? Yeah, you know, I, I, we always record it and then watch it, watch a lot of it on Fast Forward, because, you know, I have no interest, really, in actually watching the skiers racing unless there's a, a few crashes or something it's the features <laughs> the interesting bits you know they, when yeah. they interview people or when they look at the freestyle uh skiing side of things you know the alpine skiing just just doesn't really have that much interest to me steve have you seen them hanging around they're in valdez this week um, I haven't seen them hanging around, but they normally um, that they normally take a one of the chalets uh, in in Ladai um, and do their some of their broadcasting from there. But uh, there's one thing positive uh, that anybody that even though they're not a ski fan can say about Ski Sunday, it is the wonderful the wonderful addictive music that uh, even people who've never seen snow can uh, could probably hum back to. You. And uh, I very often get asked what it's called, uh, so I thought I'd, I'd slide in there that it's called Pop Looks Back. That's what that bit of music's called. But uh, even if you're not into the Alpine racing, Ian. You can you can certainly enjoy the music at the start and the end. Have you ever um, uh, put it on your iPad, uh, iPod, and uh, listened to the tune while skiing down the hill yourself? <laughs> no, 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 I haven't. No, definitely not. No, I'm uh, no. <laughs> I have. Um, <laughs> uh, I've I've done that. I also think when I did in the limited amount of racing that I've done, humming that tune to yourself as you're going down is quite motivating. Yeah. Does it help with the turns? Is it a good rhythm? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, it works. <laughs> Although sometimes I get a bit confused with Horse of the Year show because I think they're a bit similar, aren't they? Yeah, that, yeah, very true, actually. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's very true. <laughs> I've never seen Horse of the Year in my life. I didn't even no. know it was a programme. No, no, I haven't as well, honest. <laughs> <laughs> that's also what you record, isn't it, Ian? Um, Steve, Steve, what have you seen in the in the news this week? Well, um, the, the big thing in, in, in the sort of the alpine world, skiing, snowboarding, as well as obviously other winter sports, is that uh, the Russians have, um, unfortunately, well, or fortunately, depending, depending on how you look at it, uh, have been banned by the International Olympic Committee. Um, and it's, uh, it, it, I mean, for, for, I can't speak for some sports, uh, or some of the winter sports, but certainly the, the ones based on the snow itself, so freestyle skiing, snowboarding and alpine skiing, it's going to have... Uh, a bit of an impact, um, especially um, perhaps on the slalom front, because um, the Russian number one is, um, well, he was, I wouldn't say he was a medal favourite, but he was certainly up there um, based on his recent form to potentially get a, a medal. So it, it, it's rocked the alpine uh, skiing and snowboarding freestyle world uh, a fair bit. Can, can I ask a question there? He, um, 
I, the way I understand it is that some Russian athletes will be allowed to take part if they can establish that they have been tested on a regular basis by I don't mm. know, independent bodies and they can be neutrals or they 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 compete yeah. under the uh, the IOC flag or something. So would that affect uh, you know this guy for example? Because obviously the reason you're mentioning him is it will come round to it later. You know Dave Riding's got a chance. Are you saying it's gonna might smooth his way to a medal? Well, I, I, I don't know exactly how they're going to classify the athletes as clean or unclean, if, that, if that's the right phrase. Um, I don't quite know how they're going to do that. I haven't read the technical papers on it. But all I know is is in the Horoshloff case, he, he's actually the training partner for Dave Riding. So I'm not sure how that might affect right. Dave Riding's preparations for it. But um, Horoshloff was certainly getting podiums um, at the end of last season and uh, is is looking good this season. So it will be a bit of a, a loss, you know, to, not only to Russia, but to the... You know the the, the the skiing scene. If uh, if he's not available, uh, you know, on the start line, so to speak, when it comes to it. Right. Okay. Uh, I also noticed that um, this week, uh, the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations said that uh, they're going to have to, you know, pay close attention to the situation with North Korea and that American athletes might not necessarily go to the Winter Olympics in South Korea. You know, it's not mm. something that's a, a a done deal. So there's, yeah, there's. Clearly, you know, quite a few things that might change in the next, what is it, two months now, I think, until it starts. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, I mean, certainly the Americans are a bit of a powerhouse um, of skiing and snowboarding and freestyle these days. So we'll have to we'll have to keep our eyes open for that. But I mean, it would be uh, that that would be even bigger, really, um, news for as far as um, the Alpine sports, I think, if, if the Americans weren't uh, weren't present, because yeah. they're certainly likely to um, pick up a few medals um, uh, on the snow. That's for sure. I did wonder if um, if these um, Russian athletes are going to um, be banned and allowed to compete under the Olympic banner, I think it was, mm. um, if in the future that they're discovered to have been taking performance enhancing drugs, <laughs> do you think the Olympic Committee will then have to ban itself from future events? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, probably that that that'd be un- unprecedented. But it, but it's important to say that it's certainly not the first time that the IOC have effectively had a their own team of athletes. I mean, it has happened at other uh, Olympic events, some around winter. So uh, I'm sure they have procedures in place for uh, making making sure they're as watertight um, as possible to make sure n- nothing bad uh, in terms of bad publicity comes after the event. Wonderful. Um, Ian, you have some royal news, I believe. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, I went along to uh, a launch in London um, last week, I think it was, uh, for the Paralympics, the British Paralympic team, who are looking to do a bit of fundraising uh, prior to the uh, the Winter Olympics. And uh, the launch was hosted by uh, Pippa Middleton uh, on the same day that her brother-in-law announced his engagement. Um, she is a patron of uh, Disability Snow Sport UK, and they have launched a, a new campaign called Ski to Paralympics. If you can imagine that with a hashtag in front, Ski Number Two Paralympics. Uh, they're looking to uh, raise money if you donate five pounds to Disability Snow Sport UK, uh, and then share how much skiing you've done. They're hoping to kind of generate enough mileage to get the team over to. Uh, to career and back it's a, it's a virtual thing if you can imagine it and um yeah you know good good to support the team and obviously as far as the uh, medals are concerned the disability 
uh, team for the Paralympics have been very successful uh, in the past, and they were they were kicked off at the beginning by uh, Crystal Ski, who donated or raised seventy seven thousand pounds for them. So that was a that was a very a, a very exciting event to be at. You know, the closest I've been to royalty, not that she's royal at all. Um, and I had a little chat to her about uh, skiing as well. She's a keen skier. Um, were you excited about meeting her? Ian? Yeah, absolutely. You know, she's uh, she's famous across the world. I did meet Bradley Wiggins last year at the jump, who is obviously uh, famous as well. But she was much more charming to speak to than he is. <laughs> fair point, fair point. <laughs> and that was the news. Knowledge's Powder is a podcast for skiers and snowboarders. To get in touch with the show, tweet at the ski podcast or email the ski podcast at gmail.com. Now, um, as the season is underway, let's take a look at some of the current offers out there at the moment. Um, for me, this time I'm going to recommend uh, Alpine Action, a Three Valley specialist who offer flights from Gatwick, Manchester and Birmingham. They are currently offering Christmas trips leaving on the 23rd of December from 649 per person um, to Maribel Village. However, if you're going to go with them, I would recommend spending a little bit more money and opting to stay in the stunning Chalet Virage at 759. Check them out at alpineaction.co.uk. Uh, Steve, have you got a, a deal? Yeah, um, here in Val d'Azur, uh, Le Ski, um, a very, very, very um, popular tour operator, are offering uh, $4.99 um, for, uh, for a trip out this Wednesday, or I believe it's the 3rd of January, so uh, after the new year, to come out and uh, enjoy this wonderful powder that's falling right now and has continued to, to, to fall this week. Um, so uh, check out their website, leski.com. Okay, um, over in St. Anton, if you want to uh, go, go to Austria, there's a lot of snow out there as well. Um, Skival at skival.co.uk have got some, some pretty good uh, lead-in prices. You mentioned uh, if you wanted to go out kind of after Christmas, 7th of January, which is Sunday to Sunday, for £499, you can get your flights from uh, Gatwick and stay in their... Um, charming, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the chalet now, Landhouse Moose, which sounds uh, like it could be an interesting place to stay, uh, on the 7th of January for 499. Knowledge is Powder, the nonsensical name for the nonsensical podcast. This is the podcast for skiers and snowboarders. To get in touch with the show, tweet at the ski podcast or email the ski podcast at gmail.com. Right, uh, time to chat to our guest, uh, Steve Angus. Steve is a ski instructor slash coach for TDC in Val d'Isere. He also runs a chalet company with his wife, Claire. He also does a daily vlog on his Twitter account at Steve Angus Snow, where you can get updates on the snow conditions and goings on in Val d'Isere. Um, Welcome, Steve, once again. Thank you. Uh, other than uh, the snowmageddon that is currently happening in Valdezere, what is new in Valdezere this winter? Well, Valdezere is always moving forward. As a resort, it doesn't really rest on its laurels. Um, you can never accuse it of that. Um, they've started the much-anticipated and much-talked-about for 
well, <laughs> pretty much as long as I've been coming here, which is over 20 years now, they've started the, the, the centre of town rezoning and rebuilding. So if you, if you know Valder's there, um, right the way from the main bus station, all the way up through where the, the infamous Dick's Tea Bar is, all the way up to the snow front area, um, they're going <clears> to <throat> effectively rebuild that. And um, they've started... Uh, the first of that, um, by by knocking down the bus station, um, it, it was to satisfy a planning uh, requirement, but they've, they've started to knock that down. They have knocked that down and put a temporary one in place. And over the next sort of eight to ten years, they will rebuild everything um, with the master plan being that we'll have a lot of swanky new chalets, apartments and uh, sort of council facilities, um, as well as a new piece that comes down on what is currently a road by Dick's T-Bar all the way down to uh, the roundabout and the main bus station. So, so they've started that, which is a very exciting programme. Um, but uh, there are plenty of other things that have been happening. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a good start. And um, I mean, I, I'm not that bothered. But Ian sent me a message. He wanted to me uh, wanted me to ask: Are there any new car parts? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't want you to ask particularly, but uh, yeah, Valdezere is. Uh, uh, I, I think they'd like to go car free if they possibly could do in Valdezere. I think the the mayor is very green motivated, and uh, they, they've just. Uh, that they've just built another indoor car park um, uh, to house cars that do come here. But uh, the promise is going to be that um, they're going to have lots of free ch car charging stations in this new car park, which has been built between uh, Ladai and the, the main part of Val d'Azair. Um, and actually opened uh, yesterday, I believe, officially. Sorry, you can't just tease us by telling us a new car park without telling us where it is. Where is that new car park? <laughs> oh, it, 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 I, I, I must cut out that. It's, it's between Ladai and the main entrance of, of town. So it's in the Cray area, if, uh, if you're aware of that. Right. So you, okay. you basically, you can't miss it um, as you come into Valdez there. It's on the left-hand side. So also in Ladai, while we're talking about it, there's a new gondola up to the Folly Dish? Well, no, right? they, they, well, yes, there will be this time in the year. They, the plan is that the, the current Etoile Chair and Ladai gondola, which I'm looking at now, are both running. Um, they are pulling those both out and they're going to put a new 10-seater uh, gondola in, which will effectively come out very, very close to the current Folly Deuce, um, the infamous Folly Deuce. Um, and then they, it's going to be sort of protected from the wind. They're going to sort of build it into the top of the mountain. And then there's going to be an underground tunnel to connect you to the Folly Deuce. Um, and then the Folly Deuce itself is going to, um, uh, they've started the work this summer, but it's going to build around the corner into the, uh, what will be the vacated top lift station for the current gondola. So the, the, the Folly Deuce will increase in size um, and the new gondola that will go in will make it uh, not, not only more efficient in terms of um, bums on seats, but also um, efficient from the weather point of view. Um, but, that, but that's all for, for next year. And they've started some of the groundwork over the summer um, for that. Right. And then that lift, will that run maybe out of skiing hours? Could it be possible if there's a gondola going up there to be able to extend the opening hours for the Folly Deuce into the evening as well? Um, I haven't heard that as a, as a rumour. To be honest, if I, I, I suppose theoretically it's possible. Um, I do know that the resort have a, 
um, an interesting relationship when it comes to the Follies um, in terms of getting people that might have had a drink or two down at the end of the day or when the weather closes in and they have to close the gondola, um, getting people that are unable to physically ski or snowboard down the mountain to the bottom, right. whether the re resort are going to entertain the idea of evening openings, things like that. Well, I mean, that, that would... Uh, that would certainly be a game changer for the Folly Deuce is concerned. I'll, I'll ask my friend who does the PR for the Folly Deuce here right. whether she's heard any rumours about that. <laughs> okay. And um, am I right in thinking there's another gondola? I don't know when this is coming up, but plan to replace the uh, the lift down at Forney. Yeah, um, that's hot. That is a very hot off the press thing. I only read about it in the town council meetings about a week, 10 days ago, that they um, the STVI, which is the lift pass, uh, company here um, they have formally proposed in I think 2021 that they are going to start looking at replacing the the gondola and the cable car at the Fornay and potentially into like a two-stage gondola um, and well in my opinion that's about 20 25 30 years uh, after it should have been done but uh, th those are the only details I know that it is that it's a hot proposal on the table now for so, funding so that's an exclusive to the knowledge is power to podcast then uh, it's uh, it's it certainly is uh, I don't think I've I don't think I've even mentioned it to my wife that uh, I've read about this so yes it's exclusive across the board that's that's how this podcast works last week uh, <laughs> or last time we did a podcast Jim was on a romantic weekend with his wife but we still managed to get a podcast in <laughs> as you do on a, <laughs> as you do on a romantic weekend <laughs> absolutely um but the, the there is there has been a, a new lift this uh this season which has opened up uh and that is uh it, it's a replacement of the dacha chairlift which is up on the solez side um they've they've reused parts um not exclusively they reused some of the parts from the solez chairlift that was pulled out for last winter to uh put a new high-speed dacha chairlift in um that in itself um has knocked a few few minutes off travel time in that sector but crucially um, they've they've regraded the entrance area to make it a lot more sort of early intermediate friendly, which um, if anybody knows that area of Val d'Isere was a little bit of a problematic area. Um, if you were sort of if you're getting onto blue runs for the first time, um, the, the blue run in that area, uh, beautiful. And then you came around the corner and to get to the statue chairlift, it was like descending a uh, a bit of a black run with uh, which was about 10 meters wide but they've opened it out and they've made the entrance area much more uh, sort of early intermediate friendly right. so uh, now, I know I, I'm, I'm yet to go on it so i'm looking forward to that <laughs> i know that's not the same uh, lift but um there is a, there's one weird chairlift over there in that area where you go up and you go down as well isn't there yeah the the infamous um depend, depending on who you talk to it's uh, officially called the lesier express but uh, i don't think i've ever heard anybody call it that it's affectionately uh, known as the scare chair or the up and over chair and uh, uh, all you have to do is look on youtube or uh, vimeo and you'll, you'll see hundreds of people posting videos of, of them riding this lift which is effectively up one side and down the other side um, to connect the fornay and soles um, high altitude uh, ski areas yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird experience. Yep. You know, you're just not used to kind of going that bit where you go over the top. I mean, I will, I will search it up on uh, on YouTube and have a look at that. But you're very unsettling when you are not very different from a roller coaster. Uh, but yeah, your stomach lurches a little bit. Yeah, it, it, excuse me. Yes, it certainly is. And the um, 
it, it replaced another um, lift that used to be in that position, which which came over the ridge a lot closer to the closer to the ground and at a lot slower speed than the you know the the the, 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 the dare I say it, the cool thing to do back in the day when uh, when I was a bit younger and I did I didn't do it I wasn't brave enough I'll be honest with that was to actually jump off the uh, the lift at the top to access these wonderful open powder fields which were on the other each side yeah. of the the arete at the top um, but th this chair has made it pretty tricky and it's uh, the pistas are the have so any any hand blasting for their avalanche control have to be lowered down by rope from 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 the chair when it pauses on the ridge now but uh, yeah it's um yeah it's been around a long time and it's a bit of a a centerpiece in terms of a, a video a video attraction on the internet now <laughs> yeah well listen there is don't do it kids no you don't know, do it Steve may have mentioned it he never did it he was sensible never jump off a chairlift you've probably no. seen that um What's that? Um, a movie called Frozen, is it? Where they get stuck on a chairlift over? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, let's not go down that route. That is awful. <laughs> that movie. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's awful. Um, is it the Premier Neige weekend? I always get a bit confused. There's a Premier Trass and a Premier Neige. It's an official weekend in Val d'Isère. Is that right, Steve? Yeah. Um, officially, the Premier Trass is the, the first traces of snow. It's basically opening weekend from the resort. That was uh, that was a couple of weekends ago now, where they have. Uh, uh, a very very good deal on ski passes accommodation transport um packages laid on um it, it's mainly known about um domestically within france um and they as i said they have lots of ski snowboards on tests um but then the, the premier neige that is the uh, the sort of the generic word that is applied to the world cup racing which is happening at the moment um it, it, it's slightly outdated the the actual naming because there are other european races now which take place um in europe before the world cup ski racing weekend um which is like i said on at the moment um but the premier trass and premier premier neige are the, the event and the sorry the opening weekend and the world cup event respectively exciting stuff um so there's loads of snow at the moment out there um, possibly dare I say too much. My guess is that the avalanche risk is probably quite high at the moment. But um, Steve, where do you go on a day like this? In um, the yeah, I mean the avalanche risk has been raised up to three on a European scale of five today. And if it carries on like this for another two or three days, it may go up higher than that. And um, where do I go? Well. Uh, Certainly within Val d'Isère, you wouldn't really want to be linking over to Team for the risk of the, the link being closed, um, even if it's open at the moment, um, which I'm not sure it is due to this wind this morning. Um, so simply, I'd be looking, um, if I'm having a slide around with some friends or uh, and we were looking for some off-piste, I'd be doing the Fournay trees at the far end of the resort. Or if I was teaching a lesson and it was on-piste, um, it would be the runs down into La Dye, um, where you've got um, a bit of a mix of um, options. The only downside to those two things is, is the lift queues can get quite uh, quite big on days like this. Uh, but certainly staying low where there's a bit of visibility is uh, is your best bet, unless you want to unless you want to brave the elements at the top of the mountain. Wonderful, Ian. I've always um, I've always wondered um, what ski instructors <laughs> do in the summer, um, and if I if I've met a ski instructor. I, I, on a recording or something, I'd really ask him, would you ask that question? <laughs> well, Steve, as a ski instructor, what do you do in the summer? 
Oh, that, 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 it, it, it's, it's a running joke amongst ski instructors. Uh, what do you do in the summer? I think it's the most arsed joke. Um, well, I, is it shortly followed by yeah, when are you going to get yeah, a real absolutely. job? Absolutely. What, 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 what do you do in the real world is, is the other job. No, the, I, I used to go down to the Southern Hemisphere and uh, teach skiing and snowboarding uh, initially in Australia and then in New Zealand. But uh, the day, these days with the, with the family and uh, those sorts of commitments, I find myself um, trying to spend time with the family, first and foremost, a few uh, holidays, that sort of thing. And then um, I do some property maintenance, renovation, um, handyman type work, of which um, there is a huge amount in the summer. Um, certainly here in Val d'Isere, you're not allowed to do any external work at all on property um uh, during the winter months when the lifts are running so the the resort is um is full of um builders and uh, people doing all sorts of jobs uh, and i get involved in that and yeah um try, try and try not to do too much because the winters are pretty hectic well, i'm glad <laughs> we cleared that up um brilliant thank you very much the ski podcast proving that the ski chat is anything but humdrum remember knowledge is powder to get in touch with the show tweet at the ski podcast or email the ski podcast at gmail.com so um quickly we're gonna do um our, pro- our weekly product review this week it's the the skiddy um it costs 40 pounds um essentially what it is it's an looks like an avocado with a hole in it and uh, it fits in your pocket, and it's um, designed to resolve that eternal problem that all skiers have of how to carry your skis efficiently. Um, it clips onto the bottom of a set of skis when they're together, and you can pull them, them along on a small set of wheels. Um, do you think this is a useful product? Would you buy one? <laughs> no. <laughs> I would just... I just carry my skis. So I've never really had a problem, you know, transporting my skis. I totally don't get it. Like so many companies trying to resolve this non-existent issue. There's the ski hugger, the ski lash, mm. ski walker. Surely, why do we, we don't need them? Well, well, absolutely. And the question I might have. Um... It's, I haven't seen it, to be honest with you, but um, if it's got wheels on it, um, if you're going to be dragging it through the snow, then crikey, uh, I can imagine it getting clogged up with snow and effectively becoming uh, unusable. But as I said, I haven't seen the, the seen the design of it, but I'd be interested to see if they've attempted to get over that potential problem. I think the, the wheels are really small, the, the size oh, of well, that, that's even more problem problematic. Steve, this will probably give you more of an indication. I just did have a look at their Kickstarter, which uh, allegedly they've uh, raised $13,000 already. Wow. But it does say, now, just just picture this and see if it makes you change your mind. Just imagine yourself during a normal Sunday at a ski resort. Why should you feel a sense of fatigue and frustration before the day on the snow has even begun? All right, I've... I'm, st- I'm still waiting for the clincher here. Well, what's going to make me uh, uh, want to buy it? As, as Ian said, I, I just carry my skis o- over, over my shoulder. Um, but hey, if it uh, appeals to some people, it appeals to some people. I like the fact if you really like the skiddy, you can get a T-shirt for, for it on. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Ian, are we doing Korean Corner? Uh, yeah, there's been a bit of action since the uh, last podcast. 
Um, we mentioned that there was a big air competition in the snowboard uh, side of things. Katie Ormerod has uh, been doing very well uh, over last season, got a silver medal in Milan um, earlier this season. She came up with a 10th uh, in this competition. Amy Fuller was just behind her in 11th. So you know, no podiums there, but they're decent results. Um, in the, um, the skiing side of things, uh, Murray Buchan came 16th in the uh, ski across, no, uh, excuse me, half pipe uh, over in uh, Copper Mountain. We've got, um, we had some ski across going on in, Va in Valterans uh, yesterday or the day before, I think. Unfortunately, no places there or Emily Sarsfield, Pamela Thorburn, both competing, didn't actually get out to the knockout rounds in that one, but they move on to Arosa next. Um, and then this weekend, tomorrow, we've got um, the World Cup in Val d'Isere, where uh, I think Dave Riding is competing. So should be quite interesting to see what happens there. I believe, sounds like Steve is much more up on it than me, but the guy who won the, the last race where Dave Riding was in the lead in the uh, second run, but then uh, wiped out. Uh, Felix Neuroy. Neuroy. Yeah, him. Well, he's out for the season, I believe. So... Yeah, Russian guy out and this guy out. Surely we can expect gold from Dave Riding. What do you think, Steve? Uh, well, I mean, D Dave Riding is absolutely is absolutely world class. Um, absolutely. I mean, I, I would hold your horse a little bit. Um, the, the 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 fresh snow could uh, could hamper things far in terms of the slalom. And Dave Riding generally likes it firm and icy um, and fresh snow. Uh, even with a well, as this morning, the, 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 they were out at five thirty this morning, clearing the the way for the, the the men's slalom, and I'm sure they'll be doing the same thing tomorrow. Even the best will in the world, they can't get it that firm, so that will be a bit of a disadvantage to Dave. But on the on the flip side, uh, um, a run in somewhere like Val d'Isere will feel like a home. Uh, sort of a home slalom for him in terms of the support he'll hopefully get, and I'll certainly be there cheering him on. Um, and uh, of, of course, you said with other people out and how well he did in the first run last time, you know, he's, he's got a, he, uh, surely his time is coming. So, yeah, but there's all, there's all, every chance that he could, uh, he could do, uh, do it for uh, Team GB tomorrow. So the best of luck to him. And uh, yeah, onwards sure. and upwards, Dave. Let's hope that, let's hope that he can um, pull something out of the bag there. I should mention as well, it's not particularly um, top of everyone's list, but uh, telemark wise, we do have a couple of good athletes. Uh, Jasmine Taylor, she picked up a bronze medal uh, in Hintertooks uh, last week in the uh, sprint. Apparently, that's her ninth career World Cup podium. So, uh, And then she picked, came second in the parallel sprint uh, last week as well. So she sounds like she's uh, got to be uh, um, in the running for a, a potential medal at the Winter Olympics as well. So Jasmine Taylor. She's a great... She She's a great ambassador for telemarking. She's always uh, turning up to sort of uh, tri tele events uh, all, all over the country, um, like in in the UK when I'm uh, when I've been at various snow domes at various times over the last few years. Uh, she's always been there to sort of uh, show her, show her face, things like that. Which uh, she might be contracted to, but uh, she certainly always has a smile on her face. So what what a good advert for telemarking she is. Hmm, great. And so it's just um, time left for a quick snow report. Um, I'm doing it this week. That's exciting, isn't it? Um, it's snowing quite a lot across the European Alps, and it should continue to do so for the next uh, week, with some resorts being predicted over three metres of snow in the next seven days, uh, which is great news, as pretty much every major resort is now open in Europe. 
in Canada, they are, um, they are reporting the best opening for 50 years. So um, really, Northern Hemisphere is amazing at the moment. Um, but I know what you're wondering, Ian, what about Borovets? Mm-hmm. Um, it's set to open this week. Uh, there appears to be good coverage on the slopes. However, that's based on what I saw on the webcam, where the time stamp, stamp says 2016. So I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> Um, what the snow is like. Um, skiing is also underway in Andorra, um, and they're going to get a metre of snow or so, and it's looked really good out at the moment. So um, if you're heading to Andorra, that's uh, possible, um, positive. And um, lastly, if you're booked an early ski trip to the Lake District, then you're in luck, as the Lake District Ski Club tweeted on Friday. Um, looks like a bit of snow is expected soon. As soon as there's enough, we'll try and operate. We'll post here, etc. So if you're going to go ski in the Lake District, that's positive as well. That is all we have this week. Thank you, Ian, as always, and our guest, Steve Angus, for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. Enjoy yeah, your right. enjoy your winter um, in the Alps and um, the, the snow today. Of course, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can tweet us at the Ski Podcast. See you next time. <laughs>